All right, guys, welcome back to another podcast. Uh, today, we're kind of tackling the last half of our core value section. Uh, the first two parts, of course, were uh, trust and respect. Uh, but today, we're going to be talking about unity and accountability. Um, so stay tuned. Welcome to the podcast. Last week covered uh, trust and respect, uh, our four key uh, core values here. And as we as we move through trust, we move into respect and now uh, funneling into create and maintain unity. Uh, what we kind of mean by create unity is basically when you're working on a team, whether it's you know two people, 12 people, 25 people, I don't really care how yeah. many times it is, you're going to have opportunities uh, to... Uh, create unity, and, and, and it doesn't matter if they're new, if they're old staff, if you worked with them for 10 minutes or 10 years, there are opportunities that arise in the idea of how do we make this better by being a more unified team? Um, and, and now uh, th this core value has been around since the inception of PAW. Yeah. How have you kind of seen that uh, work itself out in both a po both a positive way when it's happened, but also in, in maybe some negatives where it hasn't even happened? Yeah, I think to to focus on just unity and, and knowing that, you know, as we've kind of worked our way around our core values here from trust, respect and into unity, um, I actually think unity is among the most difficult to maintain because mm -hmm. it doesn't take very long for people to start to ununify. So if it's like, you know, we're all together, we're all here for the same purpose. And our purpose, of course, in our organization is to um, serve the patient and educate the caregiver. That's kind of the two sides of what it is we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, but when you start to look at sort of the unity aspect of it, you can all come together on that, you know, have a really good team building meeting or have, you know, so something where you kind of come together, um, you know, more uh, uh, sort of structured wise and be taught what unity means. Um, and we can all be unified. But as soon as you start to have maybe just a little lack of respect or we start to lose a little bit on the trust side, I would mm -hmm. say that while it may be hard to sort of lose trust and hard to lose respect, <laughs> unity, you just fly off. Yeah, right. You know? and, yep. and I think what you know we've tried to do in our organization from uh, you know the beginning was just acknowledge that you know when you're running, um, say, you know, a standard practice, you know, it's going to be hard to unify the front team and the back team, you know, your caregiver support to your medical support to your CVT to your DVM. I mean, just in title, you are ununified yeah. in title in this traditional hierarchy coming back to, um, you know, one of the cultural issues we have in our profession mm -hmm. is that just by position, we're not together. Right. So that's part of toppling of that that totem pole is to say, no, we really are here for the same purpose. So we've tried to do our best sort of administratively to force unification, but that's why unity is so important within our core values is it's not something you can teach. It's something that you have to actively create. And yeah. then once it's there, you have to maintain it. Right. You're, you're more building it than you yes. are. I mean, you, you're, you're setting the stage yep. from the initial onset. Uh, and this, you know, as we, as we work through the, the 
other portions that surround our core values section. This is a, that's a big part of onboarding, right? Oh, so, yeah. so we do our role onboarding, but we also do cultural onboarding, yep. which is setting the stage of how we expect individuals to not only trust one another, not only to give and gain uh, respect with with among the team and with caregivers, but also how to create this unity. Yeah. What do the opportunities look like, and how do you fulfill them to the best of your ability? Yeah, and that's I think you, you had kind of touched on one point there too, where we sort of say that there's sort of two jobs in Paw Health, you know, or in our organization. One part is sort of your role description, and that's you're a DVM, you're a CVT, you're a medical support, you're a caregiver support. But yeah, that's the other side too, the cultural part in these core values and saying that you know, all of those parts, those four pieces are the other half of your job description, yeah. you know, between trust, respect, unity, and accountability. Um, but you're exactly right. I mean, it's, it's, it is part of that onboarding process. Um, but Right. So, so like in, in terms of, I, you know, let's pretend I just bought a clinic. Sure. Um, tell me about uh, a time where you can think of regardless of level or position within the organization where you've, you've had an opportunity and succeeded in this creation of unity among the actual like staff. If you can think of one offhand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Not to see> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> or yeah. failed it too, yeah. like you've seen it, you've seen it go awry, and that's kind of, you know sometimes for, from what I've seen from a more third party perspective with other yeah. businesses is core values were actually built as a reactionary process, sure. right? So they knew that uh, let's let's take unity as an example because um, I actually saw that one a few with a few other sure. businesses we want to be unified as as one yeah. one big force moving yep. together is that was a reaction to we're not at all yeah we're and not this a has team. to be a priority I'm yeah. gonna paint it on the wall and I'm gonna get it to everybody and yeah. at some point we're just gonna have to figure out how to come together um, because what is currently happening isn't working. Um, yeah, and I, I think again, you know, this may have been an example that had come up before, but I, I think it's a it's a it's a uh, good one for unity. Is you know, I kind of say there's there's kind of two teams, right? So there's um, a, a group of people where on one hand you are an actual team, or on the other hand you're just a group of people who work well together. Yeah, and it's that that is not that is not unity. A team is unified, but a group of people who work well together are exactly that. Where it's like, well, we're gonna play nice when we're here, and you know, we, we work well together. Mm -hmm. However, maybe they don't have a, a certain level of respect. They don't have a certain level of trust or there are some things getting in the way. So really that's when you kind of look at our core value circle. That's why sort of unity comes after uh, both trust and respect is if there's right. no trust and there's no respect, you're never going to be unified as a team. Yep. And I think even when you sort of look at, you know, so saying a new business owner, when you start to, or even, you know, existing business owner or whatever, is that when you start to look um, sort of at unity is unity truthfully as we've said this a few, couple of times in smaller uh, ways um, buy-in yeah you know is you know and, and I think that's when when we sort of came in as sort of new owners and in a practice where I had worked for several years but coming in as sort of new owners we had a lot of staff that was unified to me you know that was unified to sort of you know, Carlo is sort of the one in charge. So even then, when you start to talk about unity, it's, it's like, are we unifying to a person? Are we unifying to a cause? Are we unifying to a policy? Are we unifying to a procedure? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, looking at all those different things on what are we actually unifying?
unifying towards, well, we're unifying towards serving the patient and right. educating the caregiver. Yep. So I would say as far as the um, failure and success of what we've done from a unity standpoint, the amount of times that we've been, or you know, for the amount of time that we've been in ownership, that's actually been one of the big struggles is sort of breaking people away from Carlo is the one in charge. Carlo's in the one that we're unified towards what Carlo says is true. Cause then it's when you start to have other administrators come in where this person's in charge of, um, you know, uh, accountability, this, you know, this person's in charge of scheduling, this person's in charge of training this person, you know, whatever it happens to be and saying, well, I don't really like how they're doing that. I'm just going to go over to Carlo and ask him and just, I mean, whatever he says, cause it's his business and that this is gonna be what we're doing. Right. You know, so I think there are plenty of opportunity. I think all these examples are, you know, kind of leaning towards like, there's plenty of opportunity for unity to fail. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So hard to maintain unity. Um, and even today, even today we had, um, at our, at our leadership meeting between, uh, Ben, Katie, Annie and I, um, you know, the perfect example, you know, coming on that meeting was it was one, just kind of a quib discussion about, um, employee owned patients, um, and when the care of those patients would occur. Um, and even in just that we had, you know, three or four different opinions on sort of that process. Right. And at the end, it then came down to, no, we have to all be on the same page when someone doesn't like the answer from you, they're yeah. going to go here and yeah. they're going to go here and they're going to go here. So I, I think um, from a unity standpoint, we've done um, very well at sort of the leadership side on unifying our efforts to, you know, part of it is not stepping on each other's toes where it's like, you know, Car you know well, I'm going to go to Carlo. I'm not in charge of that. Right. <laughs> that's Ben, that's Katie, that's Annie. Like, you know, this comes off of the last week about being able to delegate. Yeah. You know, part of it is just sort of, you know, I mean, you know, you hate to use the, the term stay in your lane, but I mean, a part of it is like there are, there are people who have responsibilities and administratively, I think that's what we've, you know, uh, just continue to reiterate over the years is that because we have trust and we have respect within our leadership team and we're unified, it's one leadership team unified mm -hmm. that helps with buy-in. Mm -hmm. It helps with employees being like, oh, I can't just sort of, you know, race to this guy because he's in charge and he's going to give me the answer I want to hear. It's, you know, th and that was a time where I had done that wrong in the beginning where I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And it's like, but you're not... <sighs> <laughs> you just wrote a policy on this and now you're saying you don't have to do it. Well, you know, you know, uh, but, but you know, that, that, that type of thing. I mean, when you have people that, um, you know, uh, based on how I, I hate to bring it back, I'm not, a, you know, uh, in any way really mental health on the human side or anything on that side, but to say, how were they raised? You know, right. was it that it was, I could always ask mom and race to dad. I could ask dad and race to mom or, yeah. you know, you had a, a household, um, you know, where it was, it, uh, maybe the parents were separated and it's like, oh, well I can do this at, you know, mom's house. I can do this at, you know, the other side. you know, so I, I think that if, if you have sort of this ingrained way in which you as an individual deal with conflict or you as an individual deal with, um, and maybe not conflict, but you know, maybe more not so getting just, your way, <laughs> not getting your we way. can be honest about it. Yeah. yeah. I'm a child of divorce. I understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is fine, which is fine. Uh, you know, so that's, I think, you know, we start to look at unity. It's, it's taking all these different things. You have behavioral traits, you know, you have responsibilities within your role, responsibilities within culture. And I think what it all comes back to is when you talk about unity is 
you have to rally around the appropriate cause. You have to rally around the appropriate piece. And, um, you know, saying that, you know, whether the clinic has a vision, a purpose, where you have a mission statement, whether you have core values, whatever it is, it's kind of, I think we said this last week, is it's not, it's not words on a wall. Yeah. You know, is that really from a unity standpoint, we're talking about creating and maintaining unity. And part of it is, well, what are we unifying towards? And mm -hmm. that's where, again, if you kind of look at our industry overview, core values, it sort of has served the patient as being one of those main focuses of yeah. what we're talking about in core values. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, when we had our all staff meeting uh, a couple weeks ago, or last week, excuse, whatever, however long ago it was, doesn't really matter. That was uh, when Annie and I were developing that tool, like that in that in the moment tool, because accountability can be tough yeah. to do in the moment, um, is how do we how do we do this in a way that's, uh, it's not a personal attack, and it's not like I'm trying to slight you as an individual because I understand that habits like that exist, yeah. and, they're, and they're exceptionally hard to break, especially yeah. if you come from a different organization. Like, oh, sure. I have no ability to control that organization, mm -hmm. um, no ability to control what your upbringing was. I just have the ability to control how uh, we can set up you to succeed yeah, here succeed moving forward, the right? Team. So our concern was, how do we create a tool to do that uh, while holding people accountable, but also being, you know, not a D-bag about it sort of thing, right? right. And and it, was, it, it wasn't so much like, we don't have a lack of trust, I feel, on our team. Like it's, There are moments in time, but for the most part, yeah. we're solid there. Yeah. We don't really have a lack of respect uh, across the board as a general yeah, rule. Think, but yeah. where what we kind of found was it's this unification behind the idea. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it, it is that lack, or when we start to go away uh, as individuals, and I do it myself, I think it's just a very easy thing to do uh, as an individual, is yeah. going away from the idea of the serve the patient and educate the caregiver uh, and going more even self-serving yeah. because uh, as a defense mechanism, especially considering the industry, survival mode, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So what we did was just like, all we're doing is just saying, check your mindset. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. Like it's not that I don't trust you and it's not that I don't respect you. Yeah. I just need you to check your mindset yeah. in the moment. Just take a breath. Yeah. I understand your emotional reaction to what's happening. I feel like it was check your face. There I, is that. <laughs> check your face turned into check your mindset. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes. yeah. but either way works, yes. I suppose. Yeah. If you have a, yeah. a team that can handle check your face, right. I mean, go for <laughs> right. it. Um, but that is, that is a big part of it. I mean, I, I, I get that told to myself even yeah. sometimes because I just yeah. understand when I'm super listening or something like yeah. that, especially like even editing these, it's yeah. like, man, I am, I listening so intently. Yeah. I just look mad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but it's all about, uh, that, that whole tool, which the, the tool for anybody that's listening and watching is just if it, anytime we hear something that goes against these core values, all we do is just stop and say, serve the patient and educate the caregiver. Yeah. It's yeah. not an attack on you as an individual. No. It's, it's never saying like you're doing your job so poorly that you need to reestablish what you're doing. Yeah. Cause if it's getting to that point, then it gets far past six words in the moment. Yeah. Um, Right, right. But serve the patient, educate the caregiver. If that is enough of a trigger and it's and you build it over time yep. to say, just breathe. Yep. Step outside for ten seconds. Yep. Go get some yep. I don't really care yep. what yep. it yep. is. Break, because it is. we're all yep. here for the same purpose. Yep. That's how we create 
unity. So, uh, you know, it kind of it transitions us transitions us into maintain because that's one of those moments of creation. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other side is that individual's reaction, right? So, yep. ma- the maintenance of unity is an individual decision to play along or to not, right? Right. So, I, if I were to, you know, you were come back frustrated or something like that yeah. with a caregiver, they're a pain in the butt. Yeah. I don't, don't want to deal with them, and yeah. I were to tell you that. You can. You, it's a fork in the road. Yeah. You can either continue down the negative side. Yep. And that's uh, that's going against unity. Now you're and, not maintaining. Yeah. And thinking you that go, you're that the people are opposed to you, opposed right. to the process, opposed to yep, yep right. that negativity in the caregiver interaction. Or you you just crack your mindset the other way yep. and say, yep, that's right. Like yep. check the mindset. How am I, how yep. do I now continue to create? unity yeah um, yeah so, and, and caregivers are probably <clears throat> one of the better uh, examples that even then because it's all a care team yeah um but uh, from especially considering how much education is involved yeah uh, building unity with those individuals yeah. is probably one of the more tough things to do no yeah and I, I think you're right i think when you know we start to look at company core values right so you know a part of that is oh these are these are sort of guidelines or these are values in which we are going to operate with each other but mm-hmm. you're exactly right is that because the caregiver is part of our patient care team is that they should also be extended these same core values Mm -hmm. they may not actually extend them back to you and then that's a a circumstance where they're potentially no longer with your organization but you know what i have found and i agree with you is i think like you said when you sort of hit that fork in the road and you know you start to really get a ton of blowback from these people you know from caregivers um aside from you know say necessarily an employee type unity but now we're talking you know unity to to the caregivers Mm -hmm. um i I think that's uh sort of an an industry-wide problem is everyone really likes to feed on the story you like to feed on the drama you like to feed on the this person is this way and ah you know, so I mean, that I would say is a very knee jerk reaction for us, but to come out of a room to act that way to the other members of the team then sort of breaks the unity you guys are trying to create with the caregiver um, and sort of the same thing. Then even it may unify you guys as the veterinary, the veterinary side where it's you and a tech, you and an assistant, you know, medical support, you and caregiver support. You guys may be unifying each other, Mm -hmm. but you're not actually unifying the team because right. the caregiver is part of that team. Yeah. Um, but no, you're exactly right. And, and that's what you say, you know, sort of, uh, you know, uh, serve the patient, educate the caregiver. That's sort of trying to break that culture, um, the, the anti-culture, you know, sort of saying like, no, if we have someone who is frustrated with a caregiver, we're not saying you have to put a ton of emotion into empathy or, you know, empathy where you have to sort of put yourself in their shoes in some capacity, but part of it is uh, sympathize. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't know, maybe no one ever told them, maybe the caregivers, you know, aren't that educated. Maybe collectively we aren't really serving the patient that well, you know, so it's uh, you're right. You're exactly right. Uh, a part of unity. It's it's both sides of that exam door. Um, yeah. You know yep. where you have to be unified as a team uh, with the caregiver, but sort of unif. You know, uh, and sometimes you'll even have where um, that can go too far off the end, mm-hmm. where you have um, say a veterinarian or a technician, or what it happens to be, but usually in a higher in most of your hierarchy clinics, it's usually the veterinarian. Um, unify very very strong with the caregivers 
at the expense of the team. Mm -hmm. So you'll find where, uh, you know, let's just take a, 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 who knows, a a care protocol, uh, whatever. Well, this client is the exception to the rule. So this is Mrs. So-and-so and and you don't have to do this with Mrs. So-and-so, even though it's the policy of the clinic and everyone's held to the same standard, this person we're not going to do it for. And then when that caregiver is seen by another veterinarian who is just upholding the policy of the actual practice because they're upholding the policy of the practice. Mm -hmm. And then this particular caregiver ends up um, you know getting upset with that veterinarian well doctor so-and-so doesn't make me do that and it's like well today's their day off and I can't call them and I'm here and these are the instructions that I was given on how I'm supposed to operate in this particular practice and now I can't so what's the exception you talk to the techs and the techs are like I don't know yeah do whatever I guess you know (laughs) and then then what ends up happening then you know if something does go awry right then there's the two sides to it there's the one veterinarian with whom that client is aligned but then you have the administrative component now with the one vet, the second veterinarian line. It's like, well, why didn't you uphold policy? And it's like, but it's Mrs. Jones, and I just right. I so, so you're, what you're saying is not ad, not being unified in process. Yeah, for the sure. most part, is yeah. uh, creating situations where in an industry where we're already uh, subject to getting shit on <laughs> on a constant basis. <laughs> right. Now you're just guaranteeing it to happen more. Yeah. Oh, correct. Yeah. Oh, and it's that equality component. So yeah. I think we had talked about it a few episodes ago where like innately caregivers and I guess even employees to a certain capacity, coworkers to a current capacity, everyone hates equality. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's like I, I, I watched the internet video the other day where it was like, um, you know, uh, waitresses or, you know, uh, waiter serving, serving staff, like common uh, you know, sort of like eye roll moments when they have clients come through and it's like, you know, a, a customer sits down, well, I know the owner here and they usually let me order off menu, you know, and the server's like, ah, okay, yeah, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. It's it's seen in multiple industries, but you're exactly right. I mean, we kind of talk about this particular industry. People really don't like that equality component. They really want to feel important, but I think there is importance in equality mm-hmm. um, in Equality, yes. not inequality. in in space, in equality. space equality. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, th- I think there is there, you know, there is respect in that, and I think there is importance mm-hmm. in that because we're all equally as important right. uh, between the back staff and front staff and caregivers and patients. Is that that's that toppled hierarchy? So yeah. when you talk about unity, and that's why as, as we're kind of moving our way around these core values, it's becoming more and more complex as we're getting mm-hmm. up around to our final one of accountability. Yeah. Um, but you know, I guess from a creating unity and a maintaining unity is you're exactly right, is there are these opportunities for constant degradation of unity. Right. And those are the instances that then become opportunities for creating and maintaining mm-hmm. unity. And right. I think it's very easy to allow it to slip. Yep. And I think the caregiver interaction of, you know, like, ah, oh, this person, ah, oh, it's like, hold on a second here. They might not actually be educated appropriately. You know, they maybe have never been given the opportunity or they have been given the opportunity, but they sort of lentil, uh, they sort of lack the uh, mental capacity to understand. And then, you or know. there's a totally unknown variable that's yep. stressing them way out. Yep and their ears aren't working, yeah, right? right? Just right. just don't assume that you know what's happening, yeah, right? right. Uh, one of the things that uh, I, I actually think is pretty important at, to just sort of set the stage as we continue through our solutions is when we talk about these solutions as a whole, and this is a, this is a really good one in understanding it, is we're not 
uh, just saying that uh, there are other forces that are out of our control that push us in this direction. We, you know, we kind of mentioned like our culture in general loves drama. Yeah, that's what TV is. Yeah, oh yeah. We're literally being trained every time we consume <laughs> yes. something through yeah. Netflix or YouTube or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Like yeah. the higher the drama, the more entertaining it is, the more attention you're going to get. Oh, we love it. We love it. Yeah. It's like it's like crack. I've never yeah. done crack, but I'm guessing no, that it's similar. Correct. And so with that, like we're not saying that that force does not exist. Yeah. But in this context, when when those forces start to show themselves through, we are basically on a zero tolerance level of yeah. that doesn't have a place here. Correct. We can control that portion. Correct. So it's just about like and, and honestly, the majority of these solutions are on basically on that zero tolerance level. Yeah. And saying like, yeah, we we don't really miss on I mean, well, there are times that we do miss. I shouldn't say that, but it's about doing these things with full intention of getting them done 100% correctly. Uh, and, and unity is, is a big one of those. Yeah. And cause every time we don't, every time we don't, every time we allow something that's out of our power to manipulate and may we make the excuse for it. Yeah. We can't get to the last piece. Yeah, we cannot get to accountability because your defense is yeah. this was out of my control. Yeah, I and that's you know big thing that we talk about all. That's what accountability is. Is yeah. you actually had control over this, and you know I, I love the the figure that's on our um, industry overview being all tied together because yeah. what it is it's when you have a loose thread on your shirt mm -hmm. and you just start pulling, and yeah. you just keep pulling. And you yep. don't know where this, this is coming from, but it just starts to detangle the entire shirt, and all of a sudden everything's falling apart, and you have no accountability anymore. No, as soon as one of these things falls apart, you keep pulling on that thread, you're you're down to nothing. Yeah. Uh, so that's why the zero tolerance uh, kind of exists in our in our uh, organization ultimately to get there because if we can have all four of these accountability being the head of this and yeah. we'll touch that here in a second um everything else is able to be implemented appropriately and effectively so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. effective and uh time-wise speed-wise efficiently yeah, yeah very efficient yeah yep. um i can't tell you how many times with my previous job i heard effective and efficient they, they're two e words that go together so darn well to the point where they're kind of like yeah. uh what i don't i can't think of the the term where there's overused oh yeah, yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> but yeah it's exactly what it is uh it, it is if we can have all four of these things and that's why we started here yeah. with with coming up with our solutions yeah. if we if we have trust if we have respect if we have unity and now when we touch on accountability yeah. everything else is much more possible yeah absolutely and i think even looking at our industry overview, which uh, if you guys haven't uh, downloaded yet, it is available on our website. Um, but I mean, really, yes, we have this sort of laid out strategically, but it's it, the core values. I mean, we have built so much around core values. And I, you know, I think it's like you said before, like, it's not just writing on the wall. And I, I can't say that enough is even from these core values, these four pieces are how we do our performance reviews, which we'll talk mm -hmm. at a later time. You guys can see that off to the, to the right side of the core value uh, hexagon, the tricore 
dashboard, onboarding, performance review, performance growth, that's a whole separate thing founded on core values. Right. And just having those in constant, 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 every interaction we have, um, if we have a uh, case complaint, if we have um, an, uh, some issue within the clinic, if we have uh, something that needs to go out as a, a biweekly update as an email uh, to the staff, it's always like, you know, we failed on respect on this. And, you know, I think to us from a leadership team standpoint, we can look at these core values and be like, you know, look at a problem and be like, oh, one, two, three, four. Oh, that's this, this, and this. Oh, yep, that's no problem. But I think to in the moment, and a lot of people who don't have a strong grasp of necessarily what core values are to a company, but mm -hmm. just how they sort of relate to everyday life. Um, this is part of, uh, you know, sort of the black and white uh, gray area discussions that we have with Caroline. Yeah. Is it's like, you know, for us to kind of be into this kind of upper tier of accountability, we can look at so many different problems and be like, oh, there, okay, trust issue there. Oh, un yep. Oh, unity. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, here's the thing. Here's the solution. Here's how we're going to implement it. And then we all sort of come back. Yeah. Um, and I think we've gotten very fast at it. And, but from her perspective, what it looks like like, yes, <laughs> is we've removed all the uh, the nuance yeah. out yeah, of the, the nuance, problem, yes, right? The fluff, right. Uh, you're and and so when we jump because you know uh, you and I as well as a, a lot of our team are very very quick to solutions and implementation. Yes. We don't really wait around yeah. for the for the other stuff. No. It's just we don't we know where we are. Like we understand yeah. what the problem is. If I yeah. made the mistake, I'm going to own it. We're just going to get to solutions. We're going to implement yeah. these things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when you do that though, it feels like yeah. there. Well, but what about this, this, and this? Like, yeah, I get that those are things, but right. those aren't in your power. Right. Like, just yeah. you just gotta. Yeah, just get well, them out the door. Are these industry problems or are they Paul problems? Yeah, exactly. You that know? was where this whole thing started. Yeah. Uh, and and again, not to say that industry problems don't exist. Uh, correct. They yes. do exist, yep. and they influence what happens locally. They you know influence so many different levels. Like mm -hmm. you said, whether you're in another organization and you were heavily unified in that other organization, you come into a new business and you're now trying to sort of cut your own path. It's like, well, you know. Why is it that two organizations have such significant difference in core values? We really, and this is part of sort of the ununified profession. I mean, we've talked mm -hmm. about the ununified profession specifically as it results to bond spectrum alignment, but this is also part of the ununified profession. I mean, you could, you know, how many how many veterinary clinics have a mission statement, a vision, or a purpose even listed anywhere in their business or employee uh, manual yeah. um, and in how many of those organizations if they do actually have those that they are just writing on a wall so it's like well of course we have a mission statement well how does that integrate into your team how does that integrate into your process well we have it in our manual <laughs> okay okay yeah I, cool I feel like my question asked that but anyway yeah you just um, answered yeah <laughs> answered my question yeah. by not answering by my not question. question yeah um, so again, I think that brings us up, you know, to accountability. We've, um, you know, danced around it a few times in a couple different of these podcasts, um, but accountability is massive. Yeah, it's massive. The accountability, you know, I think again, we talked about how easy it is for unity to degenerate, um, how sometimes difficult it is to respect one another and how difficult it may be to gain trust. But I feel like accountability, I feel like that's the behind the scenes core value. Mm -hmm. that's the one where accountability is almost individually and exclusively in your mind and it's in your actions. So when we start to talk about accountability, I mean, you know, uh, trust, I think there's opportunity where people are like, I don't trust her. I, I don't respect her. I don't respect him. And it's like, you know, this team, everyone's just doing their own thing. But when you really come over to accountability and mm -hmm. it's about being accountable to each other and being accountable to the patient is what the hell does accountability mean? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, I, I, I've made the joke because it, it, it's not really a joke in the past, but about how I actually have zero desire to ever hold anyone accountable. Yeah. <laughs> Accountabi- to have to. Uh, right. To yeah. have to. Yeah. Right. Because uh, the idea is that accountability surfaces out of error. Sure. Um, it, it, it to up to uh, institute uh, and force someone to uphold accountability right, is out right, of air. Yeah, right. So I don't. I, I again. That's why it's. It just makes you think about it because we. Yeah. It, it is a, again a term that is used pretty heavily. Yes. Uh, especially in just multiple business environments. Like yep. I want accountability. Well, me, no, I don't. Yeah. But I need it. Yeah. And and what accountability really is, and and again, we have a little bit more of a unique take on it that's been uh, yeah. built over hours and hours and hours of trying to figure out how to make this uh, yeah. this idea a process. Yeah. Uh, is that all accountability is is just saying, okay, this is where we have the error. Let's own it. Right. Or first, let's understand it. Yeah. Let's own our parts. Let's figure out what the solution is and let's implement the solution. That's the whole, it's the whole process. Yeah. And the things that take away from that, and again, these are sometimes our, our, our own actions, sometimes things that we allow to let us think that, uh, that these, these things we have no power over are greatly influencing our decisions are, you know, number one, waiting to see if the problem ever surfaces. Number two, making excuses that, you know, this wasn't my fault. This was your fault when, in fact, you know, if we go to the own it section, yeah. mm-hmm. then it's like, well, actually, no, it wasn't. Uh, or excuses. Like, that's even getting more into like culturally stuff. Yeah. Like, well, I just can't fix that because that's the way it is. Yes. Like, that's the, like that massive. That will be the phrase that gives me a stroke one day because <laughs> right. I can't stand it. <laughs> Uh, blaming you look somebody else look at somebody else on the team and say this yeah. was your fault when in fact like yeah. even if it was shared blame yeah like just just own your part uh but then for denial like that's yeah. not a problem yeah. like i just uh, allowing that thought process to exist just destroys accountability and those are the things that uh, as we have built this language over time yeah. as as a team we don't we don't ever go into the bottom four rungs of the ladder of accountability, which we'll have on our on our website here as yeah. this gets up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. because it's all about where do we stand, how do we own this? Like especially if this accountability is born out of a mistake, whose mistake was it? Give them, you know, if they don't know it, give them the opportunity to right. own it. Right. Because um, the overwhelming majority of our team will say, yeah, that was my bad. Yeah. Like, how do I do this better next time? Yeah. And then letting them do it better. Yeah. Um, the other big part about accountability, um, and it's it's listed in here uh, as under the forgiveness model, which was kind of a stem off of, yeah. I want to hold people accountable, but... I also don't want to hold everything over their head. Uh, and that's why that's where the joke of like, I don't ever really want to hold people accountable kind of came from because the common idea that I saw as a, from a third party perspective was, well, me holding accountability over you is never forgetting every single mistake you ever made and making sure you never make it ever again. And micro it, what that turns into over time is micromanaging the hell out of you until you can't stand being here. And then you're gone. Um, well, and, and, not to say that you guys had a horrible problem with that, but but the tendencies were there at times when yeah. people would make the mistakes. It was really hard to to get back onto the trust train 
which then took away from some of the respect both ways. Yeah. And then like unity started to go away and then we couldn't get ever get back to it again. Yeah, they just pulling circle. on the thread, right? Yep. Yep. So what we did uh, was through a whole lot of research and trying to figure out again how to turn a thought into a process yep. is saying, okay, what is forgiveness? Right. It's just saying, okay, we're going to let all of that stuff go. That's the feeling, right? right? That's the, uh, I believe in the exact uh, description, it is the forgiver's sacrifice of their desire for vengeance. Yes. You're making the sacrifice of saying, you know what? I'm going to let that go. I'm not going to be mad about it anymore. I'm not going to hold it over your head. Yep. And that's that piece is the most common thought process uh, in an understanding of what forgiveness is for the overwhelming majority of people. Yep. And what that sounds like is I can't hold you accountable anymore. Right. It's the, it is the removal of consequence. It yes. is the removal of accountability. Yeah. And, when, that, and, and that was that was actually when we started to talk about developing accountability. It was once we started to talk about the forgiveness model. That was a significant uh, resistance that yeah. we had uh, when when we had talked about it initially. Was exactly that is that if we're trying to hold people accountable to their actions or accountable to a situation and how that affects trust, respect, and unity, and we're trying to have this accountability to one another. Um, how am I supposed to be able to forgive this person without it also, you know, mm -hmm. if I forgive them and say, well, you didn't do this, you need to be accountable. But I'm, you know, I, I forgive that you didn't do it is it seems like there's an innate disconnect between those right. two pieces right. and saying, well, you know, you said you were sorry. I accepted your apology or, you know, whatever that happens to mm -hmm. be, or I, I, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I granted you forgiveness for this particular thing but you're exactly right. It doesn't actually change their accountability to that particular problem. Right. Because typically accountability is within a performance review process. Yeah. It's with, the, but the key word being in their process yeah. and forgiveness again is something that is, it, it tends to be a feeling. Uh, what did you um, say? Um, the, the junction or sort of the, the jump between accountability and, and forgiveness is um, I, what is it? I love you anyway, but Oh, but I love you anyway. Oh, but I, that's yeah. it. <laughs> like you made a, you made the mistake, but I love you anyway. Yes. Like we're yeah. just we're just going. Yep. Like I I, I get yep. it. Like I understand mistakes happen. Yep. I love you anyway. This is how we're now we're yep. gonna jump into accountability, and that's that's really what the forgiveness model is. Yep. It's like, yep, I understand that you made this mistake. Yeah. And what wherever that's sourced out of, yep. we're gonna figure out what the problem yes. was. Yep. And for us to do that, I'm going to say, all right, we acknowledge that the mistake was here. We accept reality. And now yep. as a part of their forgiveness model, you've now owned your piece yep. of that. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, yeah. As soon uh, your as, piece in the, in the lack of accountability. As mistake. soon as we hit own it, that person is absolutely forgiven. Yes. Because they've owned their part. Yeah. Now, if it's a piece of a big problem yep. where multiple pieces are involved, then, you know, you just go down. You just yep. continue through the process. Yep. Uh, but the, but the, the the whole key of this thing is, again, we're, we're taking process and we're saying, here's this feeling of forgiveness. Yep. And we're turning forgiveness into another process that's essentially to replace this old ineffective method of performance review processes where yeah. people get fired during performance reviews because right. they had no idea what they were doing wrong. Yeah. So we're saying, nope, in the moment. Yeah. Well, how I, are we doing how yeah. are we doing this? Right. Yeah. So we say, all right, we're gonna let stuff go. We're gonna we're going to let we're going to allow we're going to allow forgiveness within yep. our organization. Now, 
how do we hold people accountable? Right. Well, accountability now is just forward facing. Correct. It's how are we moving forward? Correct. I've let that go. I don't have that trailer anymore. I don't need it anymore because I'm going to set the standard right now of what your performance expectation is, as well as the leash. We're going to determine what the consequence is if this ever happens again. Right. Like, I'm not saying I want to use that consequence, but we're just making it exceptionally clear. Right. Uh, and it's really, it, what it does is um, basically it says, uh, number one, if the individual doesn't fit on the team, that's that's the idea of Firefast. If, if you have all of these pieces and they're just, they don't own the problem, whatever it might yeah. be, that's where yeah. Firefast comes out of. But when we allow forgiveness to be a big part of this whole structure, yeah. I trust you that you're never going to make this mistake ever again because I just told you what it was and I just told you what the consequence was yeah. and I never want to use it. I trust your ability. You're on this team because you're. I believe you have the ability to meet these expectations right. and I want you to be here. Right. I trust you to do these things. And that means I respect you also because if uh, if I don't have that level of respect, there's no real desire innately for you to fulfill these expectations, right? When I have all of that and I say, you're a part of this team, I trust you to do your job and I respect you, I have unity. And then you know what? If you make the mistake again, like if you have all those other parts, a lot of times it's just the way your mindset works of I'm, I can forgive it again. Like, yeah. There's a well, certain it, tolerance that we build, yeah, but yeah. it just it, what it does is it takes accountability and it turns it from reverse facing, yeah. which is like, well, now we're just kind of stepping backwards as we move forward in time and just remembering all this crap that you continue to f- screw up and screw up and screw up and saying, nah, yeah. I don't really need that anymore. Here's what this is. And if we ever come to this same impasse, here's what the consequence is is yeah and it's i think you know when people hear consequence they're just like automatically put up on their back heels you know assuming like well does consequence mean i'm gonna get fired no consequence doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna it doesn't mean you won't depending on what the problem is right but when we start to talk about you know again from that accountability process and part of the forgiveness model and kind of how those two things work together is that you know um, but i love you anyway Mm -hmm. you know and it's exactly right part of that forgiveness model which we'll kind of run through the forgiveness model later time of course like the whole thing yes because it's 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 kind of pretty substantial it's a very substantial process. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all we're doing now talking about the actual core values, trust, respect, unity, and accountability is that it's it's in that exact part. Yeah. Is that, you know, uh, you're exactly right. You know, part of what traditionally happens in most practices from an annual review standpoint is it's an annual shit show right. where it's like anyone who has had any problems with it's a peer review process here i need you guys to take these five papers and rate uh, rate employee a yep. so everybody is weighing in on a and once a year everyone knows that they're going to be able to just absolutely unload a bunch of shit in this peer review when the reality is what we have talked about is ground floor administration and immediate correction right. so our sort of zero tolerance um, or 100% implementation, whichever way you want to say yeah. it, zero tolerance, 100% yeah. implementation. The 100% implementation is saying, no, when there are these opportunities to gain accountability to each other and gain accountability to the patient and unify and have respect and trust, it, it, you can have 10 instances an entire day where there's going to be opportunity to become accountable and accountable to your actions. And that's why, like I said, I feel like the accountability component is so much like in the shadows, yeah. but it's so important to the entire process. Is mm-hmm. it? And it, with accountability really being the top, um, there's uh, going to be two, uh, let's see here, there's uh, three diagrams that we're actually going to um, upload to the website, uh, paulhealth.com 
pawhealth.net slash podcast, or just go to pawhealth.net and you can click to it. Um, but it's basically three diagrams, and one of them being um, the defining accountability, then there's assigning accountability, and then there's creating accountability. Mm -hmm. So with these pieces, that's how they sort of all work together, is we're talking about this very individualized process and this mm -hmm. very individualized dynamic where, um, you know, let's just, for the sake of the argument, let's, let's start to talk about our um, defining accountability. We've said it in uh, multiple um, uh, podcasts up to this point, and we've used these key terms. We talked about owning it. We've talked about solutions. We've mm -hmm. talked about Now, I don't necessarily think we need to run through this def defining accountability and read every little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. I think people, you guys can uh, take it upon yourself to, to read what's in these diagrams. But the idea is just that, is when we have the opportunity to create accountability. So just use um, uh, you know, any, any example, really. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we, well, I mean there's a, a, like, let's say, let, like, because this is one that I do to myself, sure. saying that it's mostly behind the scenes, but I've also had it. Uh, this is where, the, again, the serve the patient, educate the caregiver tool kind of comes into play, yes. right? Yep. I have a crappy conversation with a caregiver over the phone. Yep. Like, and I'm just, I just, sour attitude. Yep. Right? Where are we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can be pretty much anywhere, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's all about my reaction. It's all about that forward-facing mentality. Yes, yes. But the first step of the whole thing is is the reality yeah. portion. That's yeah. where we start, right? Yeah. And if you look at sort of how that diagram's laid out, we have at the bottom is denial, and at the top is implementation. Yep. And at the top is we're accountable, and at the bottom is we're unaccountable. Mm -hmm. Is you're exactly right. Is I think where we sort of sit on the leadership side is we are always at reality almost all the time. Yeah. We may be unwilling to accept and own whatever that reality happens to be. Um, but I think that's where now, you know, we've had enough opportunity to build accountability over the years where in it now it being part of that leadership team, there is like, I, I feel like the, the living in reality to the own it stage is very scary. Mm hmm. Where it's like, you know, whether you're going through the forgiveness model, whether you're going through an after action report, which again, uh, you can see these listed on the actual diagram of the industry overview, the forgiveness model after action report. Um, those are, you know, kind of very big, heavy weighted tools. And to be like, we're going to do an after action report, it's like, oh my God, am I going to get in trouble? You know, and, uh, you know, part of that is saying, well, no, really, what we're trying to do is what you had identified a few minutes ago in your example and saying, well, you know, there is sort of this part where I made a mistake. Yep. And as soon as it then comes into, if you look at sort of this accountability thing, Thing where it's like I made a mistake and my excuse is as soon as you come up with an excuse like here's a now it's an excuse where well are we really being unaccountable here right. um, and I think one of my um, you know most most favorite excuses almost exclusively across the board is well I was never taught that in school mm. you know that I hear all the time in our industry um, now whether it's veterinarians whether it's technicians well they never taught me this in school mm. well they never taught me this in school it's like well I understand the amount of weight that is on our education system, that they have a whole lot of stuff they have to try to teach in that amount of time, but there are other parts of it that you're going to learn in the job field, you're going to learn on the job, and the way you learn it is by not having an excuse, but owning your part in it. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think, you know, say, well, they never taught me that in school. We have thousands of dollars worth of books on the shelf, and saying any one of those books contains what it is you don't know, you just didn't take the initiative to learn. Mm -hmm. And it's like you were waiting for someone to sort of spoon feed you this information. It's kind of, I make the joke about when you get out of tech school, you get out of veterinary school, everyone is given a Lego mat and everyone has given a bunch of Lego blocks, but it is your responsibility to build your Lego city. Like right. that, that is your job right. is to build all of this. And I think when it's like, well, 
no one actually told me where I'm supposed to put this block. I know there's an instruction manual that tells me where I need to put that block, but no one actually told me where I can put that block. Excuse. Yeah. And it's like there are resources, and that's part of what these tools are. And we talked about what Paw Health is bringing to the table. We're starting to bring tools. We're not just saying here's the one Lego book, but now we have like another book to go along with another. And we have a user's guide, and we have a YouTube video is going to show you how to assemble this town, right? Mm-hmm. So I think when we start to then kind of walk up that line from not just you know blaming to excuses, but you say, I was never taught this in school. It's like, <sighs> okay, all right, I made a mistake. Um, you know, I, I think you're right. I, th- I think I probably did have an opportunity that I could have learned this because this is um, maybe the first time that I've made the mistake, but it's um, maybe not the first time I've been presented with a scenario. Mm-hmm. And that's where you kind of get in, like maybe to that weight section a little bit where it's like, you know, if there is a thing and maybe you're just kind of hiding behind the scenes and then that person is the one taking charge, you know, and then you try to come up and uh, you try to do the same thing someone else did. It was a mistake and now there's an excuse. Well, no one ever showed me how to do it. Okay. So <laughs> you just go down. But when you sort of come into it and say, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I didn't actually know how to do that. Um, um, you know, I, even though I recognize that I wasn't taught how to do that, I did have opportunity in which I could grow. Uh, one of the things we're talking about now is generation of interest lists and yep. saying, you know, do you want to be stronger at anesthesia? Do you want to be stronger at patient care? Do you want to be stronger at this, stronger at this, stronger at this? Is that when you can kind of say, you know what, I think I did have a role in this. You're right into the top half of that defining accountability ladder where it's like, but but the, the thing that I think everyone assumes you're supposed to have, and I think this is probably part of our education system in some capacity, is like, if you're owning a problem, there's an immediate expectation that you know how to fix that problem, that yep. you have a solution and you're going to implement it. Yep. No. No. You not just at all. have to no. be willing to come to right. the table and right. say, you know what? I'm willing to accept that I played a role in this. Right. You know, I, I, I may now end up saying, um, Maybe I'm like, yeah, you know, right. I am completely at fault for this and I'm going to actually become accountable to this entire problem. Mm-hmm. As soon as it's, like I said, coming back to what you said a few moments ago, where it's like, well, yeah, but she, yeah, but he, yeah, but they, yep. and it's people within the team is now coming back and saying, well, no, you played a role in this. We are talking to you about this right now, and we're mm-hmm. just trying to have you own your part in this. Mm-hmm. As soon as we start to bring the other parts of the team into it, is it that you're not trusting this person? You're not unified with the team. There isn't a, a common level of respect there where you can't approach this person. You can't actually gain accountability because you haven't even given respect to each other. And mm-hmm. you know, so that's then where we start to get into the after action report, which again, we will touch on the after action report at a later time but that's then where instead of having this sort of defined accountability on the individual you got five people at the table who have the same problem it's the same issue it's the same mistake and now five people are all going to have five different levels in which they define their accountability yeah some people saw that there was a problem didn't do a damn thing about it and hope it was just going to get away that's number four that's waiting yep you know absolutely and you'll have other people in the team like for us that's what we're kind of saying we become very efficient at it Mm -hmm. is that a lot of the times for us the problem it's like okay well perfect this is a wonderful opportunity for us to create a solution Mm -hmm. and then implement that particular solution yeah i was actually listening to a different podcast the other day and talking about this idea of uh, of accountability and kind of owning these problems right and uh it was it was gary v i listened i listened gary all the time right and uh his mindset is uh fascinating number one because he has a pretty significant amount of uh just gumption sure uh but what it is is he worded it really cool because he's you know he owns a big business yeah yeah and he said 
every single problem, regardless of my involvement, is entirely my fault. Sure, sure. Because, not because it actually is my fault, but because if it's my fault, I can control it and I can make it not a problem <laughs> yes. anymore. And that's yeah. that is a really yeah. like I don't expect everyone to do that. That's a tough mantle yeah. to no, live I love on. It. But it. It, it right. That's yeah. the but the the whole point is like, man, I just want to control it. I just and that, that you did that instinctively went yeah. at the inception yeah. of the the industry overview because yeah. it was like i see all these enormous cultural and educational problems that yep. within the next two weeks i probably have no control over actually getting these to move in a positive way right realistically <laughs> and, yeah, however weeks. it's kind of my fault yeah like i'm a part of the system yes therefore i'm going to own the fact that this is a problem i'm going to figure out the solution yeah when, you know, even if it is a fifty-year solution, <laughs> right? And, it, and it, we're going to implement it. Yeah, it's it's the addiction of the problem solver. It is, and and that's yeah. a, that's a great way to put it because yeah. it does turn into an addiction. It is as soon as your mindset switches away, and that's why I like this account, this yeah. assigning accountability oh, yeah. piece too. Yeah. Because yeah. as soon as we click away from drama, as soon as we just say this drama, like yeah, it's a, it. It can feel right. And this just from a listener standpoint, we're now jumping from the defining accountability yeah. page over to the assigning accountability yes. Sorry. page. Okay, yeah. Yes, sorry. He's just, just I, excited. Very excited. I'm very excited. Yeah, very excited. Uh, we, but yeah, so we now we're We click away from drama and we and we go into this. It, they call it the empowerment dynamic. It's, it was put together by a psychologist a number of years ago. But the idea is, nope, now we're just turning into problem solvers. Yes. We're just getting out of the out yep. of the drama that feels good in the moment, but it's, it's a yep. short-term solution for a problem that we're just ad advancing a problem even further. Yep. And we're going to say, nope, we're going to take the short-term pain and we're going to look for a, a longer gain. Yep. How are we going to do that? And yep. the first thing is biting the bullet and owning yeah. the problems. Yeah. yeah, this is this is when you look at sort of this assigning accountability diagrams. Um, this is that ambiguity and that mm -hmm. gray area that I feel like a lot of people get trapped in the what ifs. Well, this part and this part and well, what about this and what about this and what about this is when you start to look at how defining accountability then plays into assigning accountability. There, it doesn't feel like there is a straight line that you can draw between these things. Mm -hmm but they are so intimately woven yeah. with one another yeah. um, is that, and that's why, like I said, and I still come back to that accountability is in the shadows mm -hmm. because a big part of this, when you start to look at now the assigning accountability page um, into saying that, you know, sort of the bottom triangle, which if you look at the uh, empowerment dynamic and, and the Ted and stuff, you can look it up online. But anyway, the sort of bottom part of that drama is the persecutor victim to rescuer. Mm -hmm. Our profession is persecutor victim rescuer. And I think when we say, because accountability is in the shadows, a lot of rescuers don't know they're being rescuers. Mm -hmm. That that is yeah. how you start to pull this accountability ladder into this assigning accountability diagram mm -hmm. is saying that when you start to look at accountability, you actually start to hear way more excuses yeah. and you actually start to hear way more blame. Yep. And it's things that you didn't even know were there before. Mm -hmm. And I think that's for me, and that's why, again, this is in our, our employee reference text, and that's why, again, this is part of the solution of accountability, um, it, and accordingly, the, the whole core values, is just how there is this knee-jerk reaction. that we, we are in a profession of, of caregivers. We are in a profession of people who are empathetic. We are in a profession of people who are helpers and supporters and structure, and it's really easy to not stand up against someone. 
Yeah. It's really easy when you have, so let's just look at that. Let's look at the victim role, right? Mm -hmm. So let's look at the very bottom part of that. And it's, you know, it's an, in, uh, the de definition of a victim is an individual who's convinced that they are powerless and at the mercy of life's events. And that's sort of like the, you know, this is how we've always done it. You know, this is the way it's always going to be done. Right. Yep. Um, but you avoid taking responsibility for actions and often blame others for their circumstances. Mm -hmm. That's the victim. Yep. That paragraph, almost any time I go on a veterinary channel where they're talking about toxic work environments, I would say the majority of this ambiguity and the fluff and all these different things is it's saying, no, you're, you are playing the victim's role. Yeah. It's justification for playing the role. Oh, absolutely. It's I'm going to make the argument yeah. of why you're going to agree to, to make you agree that yes, I am the victim, even though I actually have no idea that's what I'm doing. Correct. Oh, no, absolutely. It's, 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 it's what I mean, but part of it is trying to look for validation. Yes. A part of it is like, you know, me and this team, I'm, I'm, I'm not wrong. I'm not the crazy one. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, this is what's happening to me. And that's when you kind of jump over to the persecutor side of the lower part of that, that hexagon, the persecutor um, is being blamed by the victim for their suffering. Um, and sometimes the persecutor is the job. Yeah. Sometimes the persecutor is the industry. Sometimes it's the clinic. Sometimes it's the clinic owners. It's the other doctors. It's the other technicians. It's the front staff. It's the caregivers. It's the patients. Persecutors can be anything. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, what will happen is if it is an individual within the team who is constantly the persecutor of the victim. Now, again, as we're talking about the persecutor and victim having already have talked about our core values leading up to this, we should start to see the connection between trust, respect, and unity. Right. When we look at sort of this victim to persecutor role, um, you will have a persecutor who's constantly put in the role of a persecutor by a victim is that they sort of adapt various methods to control and protect and defend themselves to avoid becoming a victim. Mm -hmm. So you can have where persecutor victim is victim persecutor. So you can have where those two people just play off each other. Well, she's this and he's that yep. and he's this and she's that. And yep. then it's just this constant thing that is just completely disrupting respect and unity. And now no mm -hmm. one trusts each other and you start to polarize the team because everyone is ununifying from each other. Right. Um, and that's then jumping into sort of that rescuer role. Mm -hmm. Well, the rescuer role is like, you know, to a certain capacity, it's sort of like the neutral, the neutral person, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's you have this person and this person who are battling and it's they're each just sort of bitching to the other person and, and they're so, just doing and they're this. just going like yeah. i'm just trying to get to the end of my damn day <laughs> like <laughs> yep I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go take the garbage out now <laughs> you know and it's like you know but sometimes that rescuer role is just like oh yeah you're right he is like that right. you know and it's these sort of individuals that are quick to save the day and believe that um th they are appreciated uh you know at least in some capacity and they're valued uh you know so it's it, it's that's so why i said that's where we kind of started to talk about this assigning accountability and starting to look at this sort of drama dynamic is that it's very difficult to stand up. Yeah. Yeah. It's very difficult to say, you know what, I think you're victimizing yourself right now, you know, or mm -hmm. to, to even to a, 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 a persecutor to a certain degree. It's just like, well, it looks like this person thinks you are their persecutor. And the fact that you're coming to me about this person making you, it sounds like you're actually now victimizing yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's then when we jump into the top half and it goes from right. drama, we go into empowerment. Um, and that's, again, when we started to see this TED dynamic, um, you know, looking at uh, our accountability ladder, looking at this assigning accountability, you're exactly right. You flip that switch on the accountability ladder, you come to eight through five on reality, owning it, solutions, implementations, the move on your uh, drama dynamic from the bottom half, the drama portion of this dynamic up to the empowerment, 
oh my God, is it so rewarding? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it, like I said, it's, it's the addiction of the problem solver mm-hmm. is now it's not just we're solving problems on an industry basis. Mm-hmm. We're not solving problems on a business level. We're not solving problems as far as a caregiver and a patient problem. Now we're starting to talk about within a team. We're talking about accountability. We're talking about unity. We're talking about respect. We're talking about these other things and just flipping that switch up yeah. over to empowerment mm-hmm. is it is very rewarding when it works because <laughs> you still will have those people that you are trying to coach out of being a victim and you're trying to coach them into being a creator mm-hmm. and they have been trained through most of their lives mm-hmm. to be the victim very well yeah yeah and they're continuing to be trained to do that it, yes in an because industry, again that is yes that those three roles watch a uh just a network tv tv show it's true. like a <laughs> Those three roles are the entire basis of the show. <laughs> the cast. The, that's the whole cast. Yeah. Who's got this one? Who's got this one? Who's got this one? Yeah. If, if it is a dialogue between three people, yes. I guarantee you yeah. that's going to be the three roles because yeah. it's it's fun to watch. Yeah. It's, right. It's, it's drama is yeah. fun yeah. to consume. Yeah. But holy crap, is it ineffective? Yeah. Oh, it kills everything. It just destroys it. So you know, when, we, when we go back to core values where this whole thing started and you see that they circle, well, they circle up and they circle down. Yeah. And it's all about yeah. these roles and yeah. understanding this ladder to, to accountability and how all of these things, they're, they're not straight lines between each other because they're overlapping and interwoven so much. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. It's, they're all meshed together. Exactly. Yep. And, and really, you know, you, I, when you were describing the persecutor role, let's take a business that has no trust and no respect, but I want to hold somebody accountable. That person's now a persecutor, yes. right? Yes. Or we have an, uh, a business that has no accountability and no unity, but I want to trust everyone they're a rescuer yes like all of these things circle together yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. so really when you think about it, I, I always think about it as a downward or an upward spiral you're yeah. either going up or you're going down but you're probably not gonna sit still no and that's going back to you know when we talk about unity that's those micro moments of how do we create yeah. unity in the moment in the moment yeah. how do we move up yeah. how do we continue to use uh these positive uh ideas to advance uh ourselves as individuals but also as a team and that's really why serve the patient is right in the middle yeah the best part about this industry especially compared to non-veterinary the non-veterinary world is the the purpose of why that individual is there to have this hard conversation is sitting in front of you and most likely in pain yeah ultimately right yeah like the purpose of a veterinarian and why so many people get into this industry at every single level is for the patient yeah oh yeah we have a unifying force absolutely yeah everyone anyone who gets into the veterinary profession every single time like those of us that have been in it for you know decades it's like it's it's cute when you're like you know i I want to become a vet because i love animals i'm like it is way more than that yeah, no, I was there one day. You know, it's like, yeah, that's why we get into it. That's yeah. why everyone asks me. They're like, oh, you're a veterinarian. You must really love animals. I'm like, I do. That's, that's how you start. Right. But the love of animals is not what keeps you in it. Right. It, it is and it isn't. I mean, the, the, what keeps you into it is, is so multifactorial. You know, sometimes what keeps people in it is debt load. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes keeps, you're stuck. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Some people don't think they have other options. Yeah. You know, so that is the wrong reason 
to yeah. stay into it. And yeah. I think you're exactly right. It's bringing it back to this serving the patient and saying, nope, this is ground floor. This is why all of us got here. This yeah. is why all of us are actually in the veterinary profession is to serve the patient. And that's part of this creative destruction process that we've done is it's like strip everything away. Yep. Let's just get right back down to the basics and build up from there. Yeah. And that's then why we've sort of come upon these core values. So we, we talk about um, uh, uh, defining accountability and assigning accountability. Um, and that gets us into sort of, uh, you know, the last part, um, it, defining, assigning, and then creating accountability. Yep. So this is then where we're starting to talk about um, so day to day, right? So the last thing anyone wants is a review once a year where you just get shit on by administration. <laughs> here's all the stuff you didn't do. And then here's your 12 cent raise. See you next year. C congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Right. Yep. Let's work on this next year. But guess what? We won't actually really have a structure and order that's going to allow you to get better. We're just going to anticipate you're going to take the initiative and get better on your own. Yeah. That's usually what they are. So when we Over start... Over 80% of performance review yeah. processes are yeah, like that. Yeah, terrible. So that's where for us, we have performance review and performance growth. Part of our growth plans, we'll talk about all that stuff at a later time. We're just trying to focus on accountability at the moment. And it should be really uh, to the casual observer for us to have trust, respect, and unity as sort of these talking points and then have three separate pages on accountability should sort of drive home sort of why we're concluding with this on the core value side right. um, is for us to look at now creating accountability. How is it that we can identify opportunities to create accountability, but what if we don't have anyone in the team who is particularly good at standing up? We have people who won't stand up to victims, who as a rescuer, you won't actually acknowledge to yourself that you're a rescuer and you're failing to become a coach. And that's sort of the top half of that accountability. Like I said, we'll get to creating accountability now if you have, I, I personally, as I'm doing this podcast, I have all these things laid out in front of me. So <laughs> don't feel bad if you have to print them out and put them all in front of you so that you can follow along. Um, but you know, again, when we start to look at creating accountability, that's when we start to get to the top half of that empowerment, uh, that, that sort of empowerment dynamic, you know, as far as saying that, no, okay, looking at this creating accountability accountability, we're going to take victims and we're going to put them into creators. You know, yeah. we're going to have where this individual is focused on a desired outcome in the intent, uh, directed by the intent and inner passion. So it's, oh, I'm willing to live in reality. I'm willing to own this. Um, I don't know how to do solutions or implementations. It's like, oh, well, um, as a creator, we have coaches and we have challengers, you know, and the coaches are basically saying, you know, the coaches are there. They're not rescuers. It's not something you can just go to and be like, oh, he was being this way. He was being that way. You know, it's like he was being that way. And it's like, um, okay, well, um, you know, the, the coach is then trying to provide encouragement, uh, support. And instead of rescuing, this individual tries to help the creators develop a vision and an action plan. Otherwise known as solutions. Uh, solutions, right. Yes. Yeah. So you move up the line into yeah. solutions um, as far as saying, well, now the coach is just saying, you know, they this is, this is in the shadows. Accountability is in the shadows. It's in your mind. Mm -hmm. You're like, holy shit, this person is making me be a rescuer right now. How can I get them out of this place? Right. More importantly, it's how can to get myself out of this place, yeah. but the you're going to get out of that place by getting them to a better place. And that's mm -hmm. when you start to then have this in the moment opportunity that you're going to say, this person is trying to make me a rescuer. I personally, as an employee are in a high level of accountability. I'm not going to allow myself to be a rescuer mm -hmm. because there are avenues, there are tools within our toolbox for employees, um, for coworkers, for everyone within the team to then become a creator and become empowered. And that's the creating accountability section. Right. As far as saying, when we start to then look at 
saying, well, I'm going to coach you into solutions. Um, the challenger is, is the persecutor becomes a challenger. And, and the challenger is just, um, you know, an individual focused on learning and growth. Uh, this individual holds the creator accountable uh, while encouraging actions rather than controlling them. So really, when you start to look at the challenger component to this, rather than being a persecutor, it's like, nope, I'm actually going to be watching, but I'm actually going to be encouraging. Like I, because I want you a part of our unified team and I respect you and I trust that you are a good person and you're going to be a good fit for our team. Um, I'm not as a persecutor and challenger, I'm not going to become a rescuer, but I'm actually going to hold you accountable, but I'm going to encourage you the whole way. I'm the cheer section, right? I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the other half of the stadium who's booing you. I'm the other half of the stadium that's right. cheering you on. Yep. Um, but I, but I'm not a coach. I'm not on the sidelines telling you what plays to make. It's no, I'm watching. Yeah. And that's actually Dr. Katie is among the most fierce challengers. I mm -hmm. think I have ever come across. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's in, incredible at sort of maintaining um, accountability. I say that uh, on one hand, um, I, I create uh, policy policies to break them. She creates policies to uphold them. You know, that's, that's the, the big difference between us. Uh, but anyway, so, you know, when we start to look through all of these pieces and all of these parts between defining accountability, assigning accountability and creating accountability, this is what works for us on the creating accountability side. We have veterinarians, we have, you know, sort of like, I don't want to call them supervisors or management, but it's just people who are there to help them. And that's kind of the big difference in that managerial structure. They're yeah. just there to help. Yep. And we can go through case reviews. We can go through after action reports and we can go through the forgiveness model. So really for us coming into um, the next segment right after this one, yeah. it would probably be focusing more upon how do we actually create accountability? Because right now we're just talking about the core values and sort of what accountability is. But in the next segment um, is really going to be focused, I, I would agree, to be on uh, creating accountability because we're mm -hmm. going to start to be able to check off each of these things between after action reports and forgiveness model and case reviews and so on and so forth and how that, yeah, that unifies. But um, that's for next week. And then to kind of finish this out, we talk about on the ground floor corrections, mm -hmm. in the moment corrections. Yep. And that's then what sort of birthed what we called our four core development team. Yep. And these are individuals who almost exclusively by nature, we have put into a group, they have a high level of buy-in to PAW, high level of buy-in to our, our structure, but they also are becoming the, the four core development team. They're really more on that coach side. Yeah. You know, so they, yep. they, they aren't necessarily, well, sometimes they're creators, sometimes they're challengers, but for the most part, the four core development team is a group of people who, as we've gone through the years, we've gone through performance reviews, we've gone through these individual components and saying they're high trust, high respect, high unity, high accountability are four core values. These people are consistently ranking high into a five scale system, four fives, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, we've then pulled them out and said, you guys are in four core. Yep. And so we always make sure we have a four core individual on shift at all times. We want a coach there at all times. Right. Same thing with ground floor administration is for ground floor administration. It's the same thing. We are there to help implement and create solutions when these opportunities exist. Right. So, um, well, and that, that plays right into the broken hierarchy too. Yes. Right? Yeah. That, that's the toppled totem. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. So it's, it's when you start to talk about middle management, look at large corporate structure, middle management, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's when I, when I have a problem, I got 10 people who are going to tell me I did it wrong. You know, I mean, it's the office space you know yep. I mean, yeah yep. so i you know <laughs> five bosses they'll yeah. tell me when i screwed something up <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 so that exists and that still exists which is actually pretty sad so what we're actually talking about is our our structure when we talk about toppled totem pole is that's where a lot of your corporation will be like well how do you maintain accountability and who, who's managing these people and who's doing this it's the team 
Right. It's a team. We're all managing each other right. at all times because we all have a high level of accountability. Right. Um, and the reality is that the, with the four core development team, but really the coach, it's coach, it's coach, it's coach, it's coach, it's coach. It's help victims become creators. Look at sort of the, the defining accountability and how that relates to your core values. And you'll start to see where the core values of trust, respect, unity, accountability, that is sort of cycling. Uh, and then we start to get into the accountability sections on sort of, are we accountable? Are we not coming into assigning? Are you becoming a victim? Who's the rescuer? What is your persecutor? Get the hell out of there. Get to the top part of the triangle. And then you jump into the, sometimes I think the creating accountability section is a little bit more structured, a little bit more hands-on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's more deliberate for sure. More deliberate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These other parts can happen at any time, at any moment. And mm -hmm. just what we, what do we say? Serve the patient, educate the caregiver. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, lots of stuff, uh, yeah. continuing this idea. Yeah. Uh, accountability is a, a big animal. Um, Huge animal. so going to be touching on some of these other parts, uh, in the coming weeks. So again, uh, continue to tune in, watch, listen, however you're consuming Consume. this stuff. And, uh, uh, yeah, we'll catch you all next week. All right. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>